We are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Did you guys love that intro? It's a good one. Keeper. Fantastic. Yep. So it is Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday. And for the record, Jordan is super aggressive on Wednesdays. I don't know what it is. Mostly days that end in Y are my bad days. So all the days. Yeah. Super angry. It's just shit that is easy and never is easy. Like, it should be easy, and then it's just not. You know what that's called? Life. Yeah, dang it. (laughs) Got you. We're the same. Stole my thunder. (laughs) Rude. Okay. So, yes, we're recording on Wednesday because this coming Monday is Memorial Day. Yep. We'll be out of town this weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Thank Mm -hmm. you to everyone who's served our country. Yep. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. All right. So, let's talk about... A little bit of stuff before we get into our topic. What? You're looking at me like you want to say something. Nothing. Go ahead. Nope. Okay. So, we're going to fight before this is over, <laughs> just so everybody's aware. That's true. It's a little room. I come across this table <laughs> and cut you. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So, let's talk about our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Uh, we have three tiers. Um, the first tier... Is just general support for the show. Um, the second tier. How much is that tier? It's one dollar. One doll hair. What a deal! That's a deal. You can't get much for a dollar anymore. Not I, even like a candy bar. I mean, it doesn't really get you anything, but we appreciate you a lot. Like a ton. Yeah. So that's good. We'll accept your dollar. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a dollar. That's just general support for the show. The second tier is. Um, the things in the previous tier, and then exclusive voting power for the show, um, and re- requests for upcoming episode topics, plus a private patron community. What? We don't have that yet, so somebody needs to oh, donate. One day. We could have it. It's going to be crazy. All it takes is you. How much How much is that tier? $5 hairs. $5. It's like a $5 foot long. But less. Less. Zero inches. Sometimes less is more. content. <laughs> You feel me, dog? (laughs) Tier three is $10 a month and gets you everything in the previous two tiers, plus ad-free episodes, a 10% off promo code for the store, and a sticker. That's a deal. That is a deal. You can't get that deal anywhere else, folks. Just one place. Mystery History Podcast. Patreon.com slash. Mystery History Podcast. That's fucking right. Yeah. All right. So we got our Patreon. So we would really appreciate any support for us. Mm-hmm. We got some shout outs to give. Um, we got our first fan email. Yes, we did. I'm so excited. <laughs> People like us. They do. They really do. <laughs> um, so thanks to Chris and Tom for sending us our very first email. I got to tell you, though, last episode was on Urban Legends, and we talked about Bloody Mary mm-hmm. and what to do. And... If you call her name three times, she will come and kill you. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like, where am I going with this? You, I am. Confused. Okay, so the header of the email <laughs> was uh, just die. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay. oh, my God. Okay. Bloody Mary came and killed him. <laughs> so I was a little afraid at first, but it was a really good email. We appreciate it. Um, and I'm so excited because mm. I feel like I finally made it in the world. Yeah, what well, you, te- you texted me yesterday. You're like, I feel like T-Swift. T-Swift. <laughs> like, what? 
Yeah, definitely. It's the farthest stretch. Yeah. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Brock Melvin, who sent us an Instagram message telling us how awesome we are. Um, we appreciate him. Yep. Appreciate you. Um, and thanks to everybody. We've been getting a lot of love on Instagram, which is awesome. Uh, the Facebook people, step up your game. Yeah, Facebook's kind of weird. It's, it's hard to find people on its, or, uh, Facebook, I mean. Well, and I feel like, you know, whenever we first set this up, you even told me, we don't need a Facebook. Yeah. It's for, it's old. And I said, well, I'm old, so we need one. <laughs> the nice thing about it is you can, like, build a shop on there, so, like, yeah. people can purchase things off there, and then you can, it's really, it's more to share with your friends, I feel like. Yeah. Because no. it's hard to gain likes through Facebook. I like that plug, though. There's a store on there, folks. There's a store. You can buy stuff like decorative pillows, and I'm really pushing the decorative pillows because yeah, I just I just want somebody, one person, to buy one. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would be. To know and then someone has like, a mystery history pillow. Yeah, yeah, just like on their bed or on their couch My or dog something. Is having a sneeze attack. She's got allergies. Leave her alone. <laughs> and we also yeah. have uh, Jordy's got new neighbors coming in. Yeah. So next if you door. hear any uh, anything, that's a U-Haul. Yeah, or us like screaming at them to shush, shush, yeah. shush. That all day, and they wait till the minute we start. Yep. Okay. But that store, by the way, is mysteryhistorypodcast.com. It is. You can get everything on there. Sorry, everything. we're jumping around. Yep. All right, so we got a couple more things, and then we can get into our topic, which I'm really excited about. Uh, so, again, we announced last episode that we are partners with Hook CMEC. Mm-hmm. So we just want to give them a shout-out. They're a media company focusing on uh, heavily on digital media. Mm-hmm. So you can find them on Instagram and Facebook or their website at hookcmec.com. Yep, really excited to be working with them. And um, you guys... Got to go listen to my friends, Fallon and Michelle, at Dead Academy Podcast. Yeah, they're awesome. They are cracking me up with the <laughs> plugs that they're giving on us. Yeah, it's like out of the blue. It's out of the blue, completely <laughs> interrupting a story like, oh my God, what's that? What? Yeah. It's Mystery History Podcast. It's amazing. So, Same, we're on every platform. We're y- everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> if, we're, if you're walking in a dark alley and somebody's following you, it's us. <laughs> so uh, we really appreciate those ladies. Mm-hmm. Go give them a listen. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, they have great content and they're fabulous. Ton of so, episodes, yep, yeah, stuff. yeah, and um, they can be found on all major podcast platforms and on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Academy Podcast. Um, and of course, if you have trouble finding them, just hit me up and I will get you to those girls. Yep. So, last order of business. Whenever you guys tuned in, we have a new intro. We do, and it's fantastic. It's great. It's from our cousin, Matt Penny. Mm -hmm. He was kind enough to um, get on the old guitar and strum it a little bit. The synth, yeah. The synth. The 80s style. Yeah, horror stuff. We're big into the 80s slasher. So is he. I was born in the 80s. So I was not. So I'm just born in. I'm grandfathered in. You're like just a poser. I just missed it by a couple years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I bet it was. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so he's he's very kindly done our intro music, and um, we wanted to give him a little shout out. So he actually has two albums out right now on Spotify. You can find him under Matt Penny. He's got uh, his first album was Realign, and his second one is Second Story Revival. Mm-hmm. So please go give him a listen and give him some love because he really helped us out, mm-hmm. uh, and it sounds amazing. Yeah, so I'm excited great. about it. Yep. All right, that is all I had. For that. Perfect. So let's get into our topic. 
So Jord brought this up. Yeah. I've never heard of it before. Oh, really? No. I can't remember where I heard it, but it's super interesting. It's really interesting. It's kind of the name kind of draws you in because it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. There's Radium Girls. It sounds like a band name or something. Yeah. So spoiler alert, it's Radium Girls is what our topic is. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> so, yes. Um, Radium Girls. It sounds like a roller derby name is what I picture. Roller derby? Yeah. Because those girls are badass. I feel that. I would love to be in roller derby. Didn't you? You talked about that before. I did talk about it, but I'm not very good like moving <laughs> and on skates. Yeah, that's could you imagine? I couldn't. I would die. I think they use like they don't use like inline skates. They use like the four yeah, side by side, which is better because there's more area, surface area. Yeah, but it seems harder to maneuver. Yeah, I always pictured myself as like a football linebacker. <laughs> I feel like I'd be good at that. You just yeah. kind of stand still and take it. We got broad shoulders as a people. We do. We do. <laughs> Man. We don't fit on planes well. We don't. It's difficult <laughs> We're out there. wide. Yep. We're wide people. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> so we're going to get into the history of the Radium Girls. Yep. So I'm going to start it off. Me and Jordan are fighting over whose notes are better. Yeah, mine are way better, though, so it's fine. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. All right. So first, before we get into these girls, we're going to talk about Radium and the history of Radium and what it is. Mm-hmm. So, radium was discovered by the Polish-French chemist and physicist Marie and her husband, Piri. Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> Pierre I just like I just like words that rhyme. Super French. Uh, yes. Wee oui, wee. Oui. And I feel like that's a thing we need to plug in like every episode. Because I think I said wee oui, wee oui in the last episode. I don't think you did. Well, I'm going to now in every episode going forward. Fair enough. All right, so that was in 1898. Uh, Along with another scientist, Andre, Marie isolated radium as a pure metal in 1910, and the substance was glow-in-the-dark. So radium was originally thought to restore vitality to the elderly and cure a bunch of health problems like Mm -hmm. blindness, hysteria, cancer. Uh, So they started putting it kind of in everything. Um, Yeah. They kind of, they call it the fountain of youth. Yeah, which is wild. When well, it will be wild after you hear about what it does to you. Yes. So they, um, I've got nine examples of things that they put this in. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. They put it in chocolate. As you do. Yes, it's delicious. Apparently, <laughs> um, so there was a radium chocolate chocolate bar, which was manufactured by Burke and Braun. And there was also a bakery that made radium bread wow. with radium water. Um, and it was very popular overseas until it was discontinued in 1936. Excuse me. Well, they also put it in water. Mm-hmm. So they had water crocs like the Revigator. I tried to Google how to say it. I don't know. Revigator, we're going to say. <laughs> um, so they stored a gallon of water inside a radium laced bucket. Drinking the water could cure all sorts of ailments like arthritis, impotence, and wrinkles. Hmm. So I need to get me some of that because I got some wrinkles popping up. <laughs> they also put it in toys and that's crazy nightlights. Uh, so I there was sense. yeah, but, but not toys. No, that's um, it's just the same though. Like they put lead in toys yeah. and stuff. So I guess before they know it's bad, it's just it's a awesome. cool. It's like a uh, novelty type mm-hmm. thing, yeah. right? So there was a toy called the Radium Scope, and it was sold as late as 1942. Wow. 
and it offered a glimpse of radium in action. So glowing and, you know, doing all the stuff radium does. Hmm. Um, but it could also double as a nightlight because it glows in the dark. Wow. Toothpaste. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Alfred Curie, not related to Marie and Perry. What are the chances of that? I know, right? That's crazy. They sold uh, toothpaste containing radium and thorium. Thorium is also radioactive. Is it really? Yes. So it was a double radioactive thing. They put it in. um, He also, aside from toothpaste, put it in cosmetics. So they had a Thoradia brand of cosmetics, which included powders, creams, and lipsticks, all kinds of stuff. And it was supposed to rejuvenate the skin. Wow. Heating pads and suppositories. Could you imagine sticking something up your butt? Whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why would they even put that in? Why would it need to be glowing? What? <laughs> Somebody's doing this in the dark? <laughs> I'll see it. <laughs> I don't know. That's, That's a crazy. good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they were said to treat rheumatism, weakness, and just about any health complaint that they needed a fast magical cure for. So like Convenient. slim fast, you right. know, now is. Um, it's one of those like fad things. Yeah. Right. The treatment of impotence. Hmm. So there was something called the radio docrinator. And I know I'm butchering it, but I tried to Google it again and, and cause learn how to pronounce it, but right. it doesn't exist, so I couldn't. Um, this was supposed to be placed over the endocrine, endocrine glands, which uh, basically was a 1920s version of a male enhancement. Hmm. <laughs> so it was for men to use, and they were advised to put, um, put it in the pocket of an adapter with the window facing upward towards the body. And then wear it like a jock strap. Wow. So you're just wearing it around? Under the scrotum. Oh, my God. The directions said to wear at night, radiate as directed. Oh, my God. That's a pretty good it's not slogan. Bad. Not bad. It was sold from 1922 to 1929. The inventor who, um, who made this wonderful thing actually died from bladder cancer hmm. because he used the product quite frequently. Wow. His name was William Bailey. Huh. Yeah. Um, it was also used in health spas. People used to soak in radium mud, and then they'd rinse with radium water. That's what – I had a thing here that says radium water. They compared it to sunlight. So they said it's like drinking the sun. So basically it's like – It's like burning your insides. No. Well, they, they meant it like <laughs> it's like a ray of sunshine, like to be bright and positive. But yeah, basically <laughs> the thing you said <laughs> – which is wild. Yeah. Not looking at it. I didn't think about it like that, but yeah. Yeah, because it literally is burning your insides. Um, but there is actually at least one radium spa still open in the U.S. No I didn't way. see where what state it was located in. Um, and then I guess there are, are several open in Japan and Europe. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I had to hear on my notes that within two years of them finding radium, they uh, used it as a cure for cancer. Right. As radium therapy, they called it. And it says hospitals adopted it in the early ni- or 20th century, and the physicians reported miraculous healing effects. Wow. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. It must make you feel good. or some- It must have some effect on you. Like give you a buzz, kind of? Yeah, because it must... It has to do something to you to actually... For people to see an effect. That's not true, though. Because if you think about, like, blind studies... 
they'll give you a, some people a drug and then some people placebos. Yeah, that's So true. if you tell somebody that this is going to do this and it really is nothing, yeah, they can it, believe yeah. that it will. That's true. So who knows? I don't know if they're – the only thing I could think of is if it give you like a – a buzz or if it tingled or what, something. It almost would have to give you like a boost. Maybe you're right though. It might just be a placebo, mm-hmm. but it have to give you like a boost mentally for them to be like, it's miraculous. Mm-hmm. Right. People just changes people's moods or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so do you, I have, um, and then of course the last thing is clocks and watches, mm-hmm. but we're going to kind of discuss that portion the most. Yeah. So do you have any other ones that you found? No, I just had, yeah, like you said, soda, candy, facial creams, uh, face powder. Yeah. Yeah. So just all the stuff you mentioned, really, but it's wild. Okay. Just to be thinking about that. Well, I'm going to set this story up for you, George. So the story starts with the Radium Luminous Material Corporation, Mm -hmm. which started in 1914 in New York by Sabin Arnold von Sock. Sock hockey. Sock, that's, yep, sock hockey. Sock hockey. And Dr. George Willis, this company produced uranium from quartonite ore, which is a green yellow mineral that comes from sandstone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later, they moved into business producing radio, radio luminescent paint and then started applying paint to items. Mm -hmm. Uh, The corporation spread to Newark, Jersey City, and Orange. An orange radium was extracted from 1917 to 1926, and they processed half a ton of ore a day. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy amounts of ore. No wonder they were putting it in everything. Yeah. They had too much of it, I'm sure. Um, I'm no mathematician, but that's, that's a shit ton of ore. That is a lot. Yeah. So in 1921, Sakaki was forced to resign, and the company was renamed the United States Radium Corporation, or USRC. Mm -hmm. The luminous paint that was produced was eventually named Undark, and Undark was a mixture of radium and zinc sulfide, and the radiation caused the sulfide to glow. Yeah. During World War I, there was a high demand for dials, watches, and aircraft instruments, so they used the Undark a lot, so the... The demand went up. Yeah, apparently they. I read a thing that said the soldiers were trying to. They couldn't see their watches at night. Yeah, so that's so what they, they needed, needed some kind glow. of material. Yep. You would think though, and maybe this is because it was the first World War. Wouldn't the glowing give people away though? Yeah, it's probably not that bright. Just it's probably like a very dim. Like adult. thing. Remember Dad's watch? Huh. It was a silver watch, and it had like a green. Yeah, light are, on it. Those are like powered by the sun, though. That's like solar. Right, but that's what I kind of imagine it right. to be. Yeah, it's not like super, super bright, but yeah. you can read it. Yeah. But apparently, they used it for yeah, they used it for plane parts also, but yeah. I don't know what you need luminescent, unless you painted the numbers on them so they could see that it was American or something. Or maybe like the wings so you could see how far. I don't know. Wide it was. I don't know either. Yeah. That one didn't make sense to me, but the watches do. Yeah. So let's talk about Grace Fryer, Jordan. On April 10th, 1917, an 18-year-old woman named Grace Fryer started work as a dial painter in the United States Radium Corporation. Um, it was in Orange, New Jersey. Uh, it was four days after the U.S. had joined war, and she had two brothers that were soldiers. Yeah. And she wanted to help out the war effort, so that's why she got a job there. I saw, too, that there were 70 other women. 70 that, women that got a job there? Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yes, as was born declared, hundreds of working class women flocked to the studio where they were employed to paint watches and military dials with a new element, radium. Dial painting was the elite job for poor working girls. It paid more than three times the average factory job, and those lucky enough to land a position ranked in the top 5% of female workers nationally, giving them the financial freedom they deserved. Uh, many of them were teenagers and had small hands perfect for the artistic work. Each worker was expected to paint 250 dials a day, uh, five and a half days a week. They earned about $20 a week for that work, which was about one and a half cents per completed dial. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. And that's awesome, though. I mean, it's not awesome, but it is awesome that they were able to pay them mm. so much in that time. Yeah. Because women didn't have opportunities like that. That shows you how much that the business was booming with the yeah. radium. Yeah. Because they had that much money to pay their employees when mm. nobody else did, which is pretty wild. How they would get this paint would be to mix up glue water, and radium powder, which would turn into a greenish-white paint, and mm-hmm. it would glow. Uh, and they would carefully apply it with the camel hair brushes yeah. to the dials. Mm-hmm. Um, they were told by their superiors that, um, that each number had to be 3.5 centimeters wide, and they were told to lick the brushes or put them between their lips to make it a fine point. So they could is, paint it correctly. Yeah, so they're accurate. just... Ugh. Yeah, with the paint on them from the last number. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, radium's luminosity was part of its allure. Uh, the, the dial painters soon became known as the ghost girls because when they finished their, sh- their shifts, they would go out to bars and stuff, and they would have the paint all over their body. Mm-hmm. So they would literally be glowing. Yeah. What I have here that Grace said that she would point her brush six times per dial. Whoa. So if you said, what, 250? Yeah, a day. Times six times? Yeah. That's a lot. It's over 2,000. Yeah. That's insane. Of times they were putting it in their mouth. Ugh. And then I, I also saw that um, that they would paint their teeth. Yep. And their nails. Yeah, that's like I said with the ghost girls thing. Yeah. They would, uh, yeah, read their nails. And then they, I'd heard they'd put on their lips, too. Almost like... Lipstick. Like lipstick. Mm-hmm. So they glow in the dark at nighttime for their boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yep. Ugh. So they'd be shining at dance halls. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, and they they were told that it would put roses on their cheeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So they, just like all the crap that they put it in, they were trying to market it as good. Wow. It'll put roses on your cheeks. The men that worked at the radium companies actually wore PPE. Uh, they wore lead aprons in the labs, and they handled the radium with ivory-tipped tongs. The PPE, though, was never provided to the painters, and they weren't warned that it would actually be necessary. They had no idea how dangerous it was. Yeah, they were told it was good for them. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the first death in 1922, five years after Grace started at USRC, one of her co-workers, Molly Maja, is that how you say it? Maja. Maja? Yeah. <laughs> had to quit work because she was sick. Her illness started with an aching tooth, so the dentist pulled it out. The next tooth started to ache and was also removed. In place of her missing teeth, angry red and yellow ulcers surfaced with blood and pus. They oozed constantly, making her breath terrible. 
She started to suffer, uh, suffer from aches and pains in her limbs. It became so bad she was unable to walk. The doctors thought she had rheumatism, so she spent or, and was sent home with aspirin. Rheumatism is a disease that affects your joints and tendons, uh, ligaments, and bones. Yeah. Yep. They were wrong. Mm-hmm. By May of 1922, Molly was desperate. So at that point, she'd lost most of her teeth already, and the mysterious infection that spread to her lower jaw, um, the mysterious infection had already spread to her entire lower jaw, the roof of her mouth, and some of the bones in her ears. Oof. Um, she went back to the dentist, and while he prodded delicately at her jawbone, it broke against his fingers. He removed her jaw by just putting his fingers in her mouth and pulling it out. Ugh. Days later, her entire lower jaw was removed the same way. She was literally falling apart. Yeah. I was. I cannot imagine being in a dentist chair and him just, like, reaching in and pulling it out. And I wonder how, I mean, I... That had to be excruciating. Yeah, I don't know how you should have to be passed out. Yeah, you'd have to, yeah, pass out from the pain of ever, or shock oh. of your jaw getting pulled out of your face. Gosh. Yeah, I was reading that, like, cringing. Yeah, that, I just can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, Grace then also started to have trouble with her jaw and suffering from pains in her feet, and so were a lot of the other workers. On September 12th, 1922, the strange infection that had taken over Molly... Uh, for less than a year, had spread to her, the tissues in her throat. The disease uh, slowly ate its way through her jugular vein. At 5 p.m. that day, her mouth was flooded with blood. And she hemorrhaged so fast that the nurse couldn't stop the bleeding. She died at the age of 24. Her doctors didn't have any, any idea what caused her death, so her death certificate says she died of syphilis. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I don't know how they got to that conclusion. I feel like that was used a lot. I've seen death certificates where it's like died of masturbation. Mm-hmm. How's that even happen? <laughs> How's that happen? I think it's just because they didn't know. So right. that sounded good at the time. But like y- you hear about all these things about how important your teeth are and how can like can it go straight to your heart. Yeah. The fact that it ate away her jugular vein. That's... How much blood would that have? Ugh, just terrible. I read some of the... I could, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but there's there was multiple people that ended up dying, mm-hmm. and some of their birth certificates literally said "Act of God." Really? Yeah. So just they didn't know what it was. they couldn't explain it. Uh-huh. So they're just like it has to be something else that's doing this. Well, and that kind of that happens a lot even now with this whole coronavirus thing that's going on. They're putting that it was the coronavirus on their death certificate. Yeah. Whenever it's not, they had other issues and died of that. Yep. So, yep. So shortly after Molly passed, one of her former co-workers also passed. The USRC denied any responsibility for the death for almost two years. Uh, they suffered from a downturn in business because of the gossip of the deaths wouldn't go away. Um, in 1924, they finally appointed an expert to look into the rumored link between the dial paintings and the woman's death. This study was independent, and the expert confirmed that there is a link between the radium and the women's illnesses. The president of USRC was outraged. Instead of accepting the expert's finding, he paid for new studies that published the opposite findings. That's crazy. Of course you do. Yeah. He also lied to the Department of Labor, which he began investigating about the verdict of the original report. Um, He denounced publicly that the women were trying to palm off their illnesses on the company and criticized their attempts criticized their attempts to make it so they could get uh, 
money for their medical bills. Yeah, because I'm sure that's expensive. Yeah, no kidding. They, they needed to pay for it. How much is a jaw removal? That's got to be. Well, she could have done it at home, it sounds like. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I just can't. That's like my, that's like a bad dream, you yeah. know, whenever your teeth are falling out. I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. Ew. The women had an uphill battle of trying to prove a link between their illness and the radium, um, especially since they, there was a widespread belief that radium was safe because it was in all those products. Mm-hmm. So if the public admitted that this is dangerous, then their chocolate that they're eating is wrong and their their radium baths and everything else. Yeah, it's a big industry. So that'd Yep. Be- so in, um, in 1925... Oh, I'm sorry. Experts uh, finally started investigating further about the first male and after the first male employee died. So, of course, we talked about how women didn't get a fair wage. They still were low man on the totem pole. Didn't matter until a man died. And then they're like, oh, maybe something's going on here. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. So in, in 1925, the uh, Harrison Martland, who is an MD, created a test that proved once and for all that radium had poisoned the women. Hmm. As early as 1901, it had been evident that radium could harm humans dramatically when applied externally. Pierre Curie once remarked that he would not want to be in a room with a kilo of pure radium because he believed it would burn off all his skin, destroy his eyesight, and probably kill him. So that's pretty bad whenever the guy that found it. So then why would you be like, let's put it in all this stuff? Because he's no, selling it. Yeah. He probably doesn't. <laughs> I don't know how that works. But uh, Martland discovered that when radium was used internally, even in tiny amounts, the damage would be thousands of times greater than Pierre's remarks. And they weren't, if you think about the 250 dials plus the six licks per dial, yeah. that's really not tiny. No. That's, I couldn't even imagine. And just thinking about, like, whenever you think about her jaw and just, just she's putting it on her jaw, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he discovered that the ingested radium had settled in the women's bones, and now they were emitting constant destructive radiation. And basically, it honeycombed through their bodies, so it was just making holes Ugh. in everything while they were still alive. Ugh. So they were getting eaten from the inside out, pretty much. Gosh. I couldn't even imagine. That's, no. That's, ugh. No. And Grace Fryer's spine was crushed, and she had to wear a steel back brace. Another girl's jaw was eaten away to a stump, and a woman's leg shortened and spontaneously fractured. The damaged bones also began to glow from the radium deeply embedded within them, and most re- women realized that they had the radium poisoning whenever they passed by a mirror in the dark, and they would glow. Oh, my so, gosh. So the ghost girl thing is a real thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, just and, – and then especially after you see all these other girls that die from this thing and then you walk past a mirror and see yourself glowing, that's like a death wish, right. you know? Ugh. Have you – did you Google any pictures of the women with their jaws? Yeah. Did you see the one with that big, like, tumor? Yeah. Terrible. It's so bad, Yeah. Yeah. Harlan realized that the poison, the poisoning was fatal, and it was now inside them. There's no way to remove it, which is, I don't know if you told them that or if they, I'm sure they kind of knew because it's, once it's in there, I don't, 
if the damage is done, basically. Yeah. If it's honeycombed inside your bones, that's... You can't remove it because <sighs> it's in everything. Right. Oh, my gosh. The radium industry attempted to discredit Martland's work, but the radium girls banded together to fight injustice. Grace led the fight. There are many dial painters employed across the U.S. Uh, Fryer commented that it was not for myself. It's not for myself I care. I'm thinking more of the hundreds of girls who this may serve in as an example. Which is pretty, I mean, because she's sick, obviously. <clears throat> right. And she doesn't want anybody else to go through what her and her coworkers have gone through. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty ab- admirable of her. <laughs> I can't, that's a hard word. So Grace was determined, especially to fighting against such a big com- corporation. Mm-hmm. With radium being as big as it was in the time, that's like us going against Coca-Cola or something. Like, that's scary. Um, So she was determined to find a lawyer, even though countless attorneys had turned her down because they didn't want to go up against the radium corporations. The other tidbit is that the statute of limitations for occupational poisoning was only two years. Hmm. And most of the girls didn't start getting sick until at least five years after working there. What a weird thing to be in a law book. Two years? Yeah. How did somebody come up with that? That's weird. Yeah, that's... hmm. Yeah. In 1927, Raymond Berry accepted the case, and Grace and four of her co-workers found themselves in the center of a courtroom. The women were given four months to live, and the company seemed to be dragging out the legal proceedings. As a consequence, Grace and her friends were forced to sell out of court, but they had raised the profile of radium poisoning, which was just what Grace had planned. How shitty. Yeah. Knowing that they were going to die, so you're just going to drag it out until hopefully the problem fixes itself. Right. They just had to wait it out. Mm-hmm. That's messed up. The Radium Girls case was front page news, and it sent shockwaves across America. In Ottawa, Illinois, a dial painter by the name of Catherine Wolf read the coverage in horror. Um, there were meetings at her plant, Radium Dial, and um, it took place, whenever the meetings took place, it bordered on riots because people were so pissed off about all this stuff, which they should be. Mm-hmm. She states that the chill of fear was so depressing that we could scarcely work. Wow. Why would you want to go to work? Right. I also read, I had in my notes that they were given an alternative. It's like a little thing that you could dip the brush in. Uh-huh. It was like a little water glass kind of thing. But they could; it would slow down the process, and they were paid by dial, so uh, they still ended up just doing it. Yeah, they would just do the lip thing instead. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, Radium dial tried to follow the suit of USRC by denying responsibility of women who were clearly showing symptoms of radi- radium poisoning, but they lied about the results. They even went so far as to infer that the girls' autopsies to interfere. I'm sorry. With the girls' autopsies by stealing the radium-riddled bodies. That's a new low. That's, yeah. If you got to steal a body to say nothing's wrong with it. <laughs> something's, something's wrong. Something's wrong with it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And I don't even know how they would get away with that. I wonder how many corporations do horrible, horrible shit and have, I mean, at this point in time, they've got the legal power to where they wouldn't need to actually go and steal a body yeah they probably got people on the paid that would like a coroner that would just but think about back then there's like no record or like security of like cameras or anything yeah so they could just be like this body went missing yeah so it's kind of what a different 
What a time to it's, be alive. Yeah, it's a totally different world. Yeah. If women weren't killed by the same jaw problems that took Molly, they suffered from sarcomas, which are huge cancerous bone tumors that could grow anywhere on the body. One dial painter, Irene Laporte, died from a massive pelvic tumor that was said to be larger than two footballs. My jaw just dropped. <laughs> that is, you couldn't wow. even move. So for our listeners, I had pancreatitis, what, in February? <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Because I have diabetes and my triglycerides went out of control and it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. I thought I was dying. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I'm a tummy sleeper. Couldn't lay on my stomach, had to lay on my sides. I was in a hospital bed for four days and it felt like there was something at the bottom of my boobs, like just there. I could not imagine Two football size. No, that's crazy. Some things in there press. Oh, I just, I because I felt that pain. <laughs> I just can't even fathom it. You would want to be dead. I'm sure. If those didn't kill you, you'd want to be dead. Well, it'd be so infuriating to know what did it, and, and then everybody else is just like brush it off. Yeah, and act like it didn't <sighs> exist. Yeah, that's messed up. These women are tough. Yeah, tough women. That's why it's crazy to me that this isn't more famous. I've never had heard of it before ever. Right. And I I think that it's a great story to tell. It's terrible what happened. But, I mean, this is important. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, it especially looks- for women. Mm-hmm. You know, that they nobody would listen. And big corporations got to play by the rules, too, and take care of your people. Yeah, it shows you that no, how like how matter like how small you think you are. Yeah, you have a voice still because this girl was just she was a teenager when she started here, and it's a hundred years later, and we're talking about her. Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the litigation. So in New Jersey, the story of the abuse perpetrated against the workers is distinguished most. Um, such cases from most such cases by the fact that the ensuing litigation was covered widely by the media plant worker, Grace Fryer, who we've talked about decided to sue, but it took two years for her to find a lawyer willing to take on the U S radium. Even after the woman found a lawyer, the slow moving courts held out for months at their first appearance in court on January, 1928, two women were bedridden and none of them could raise their arms to take an oath total of five factory workers, Grace Fryer, Edna Hussman, Catherine Schwab, and sisters Quinita McDonald and Albina Laris, dubbed the Radium Girls, joined the suit. Um, they were also they were also only given like four months to live. So that's why they were trying to drag out as long as they could right. because they wanted them to they wanted it to go away. Messy. So yeah. The litigation and media sensation surrounding the case established legal precedents and triggered the enactment of regulations governing labor safety standards, including a baseline of provable suffering. The case was settled in autumn of 1928. Before the trial was deliberated by the jury, the settlement for each of the radium girls was $10,000, equivalent to $149,000 in 2019 and $600 per year annuity, equivalent to $8,900 in 2019, plus $12 a week, which is equivalent to $200 in 2019 for all of their 
for all their lives while they lived. And all medical and legal expenses incurred would also be paid for by the company. So they got four months. Yeah, that's messed up. And their families probably didn't get anything. No, I would, no. And I mean, the 149,000 is in US and 2019 money is about what? If you made really good money, a year's salary. Yeah. So that's not enough. No. The lawsuit and resulting publicity was a factor in the establishment of occupational disease labor law. The radium dial painters were instructed in proper safety precautions and provided the the protective gear, the PPE in particular. They no longer shaped the paintbrushes by lip and avoided ingesting or breathing the paint. Radium paint was still used in dials as late as 1960. Wow. Yeah, and that company itself used the hand painting until 1947. Right. Even after all that. So they didn't obviously learn their lesson. No, they did. They just didn't care. Right. They're still making money. Yeah, that's true. In 1938, Catherine Wolfe developed a grapefruit-sized tumor that bulged on her hip. Like Molly, she had lost her teeth and had to pick pick pieces of her jawbone out of her mouth. That is insane. She constantly held a patterned handkerchief to her jaw to absorb the seeping pus. Uh, she had to. She had also seen her friends dying, which weakened her spirit. Which, yeah, I of course bet. it would. Yeah, yeah. I just, ugh. I can that just the visual and just you're just sitting there and your jaw's falling apart and you're just picking it oh out. Oh my gosh! And I, I'm surprised that in all the research that I did, there wasn't any indication of how painful it was. Yeah, like it's just very matter of fact. She picked out her jaw. It's like, what? I couldn't. What do you mean she picked out her jaw? I wouldn't. I wonder if it wouldn't kill your nerves because that's in your. Well, maybe it does. Maybe it does because like the roots. Yeah, maybe. But your roots aren't a part of your jaw, right? I don't know. I'm not a dentist. Thank God. <laughs> not <laughs> a fan. That's the number one suicide rate. Not a fan. any employee or any employer. Have you ever seen the whole nine yards? Yes. Love that movie. That's been a long time. Shout out to Bruce. Bruce Willis. Yeah. But, I mean, the upside for Catherine, at least she picked her jawbone out at home to avoid the dental bills. But, ugh. And then, like, I watched Dr. Pimple Popper. Nope. With the cysts that they explode. Dude. Could you imagine that in your mouth? I can't. No. Ugh. You were weird with that. I know. I hate that shit. It's a family tradition no, that not. you just it's aren't. your tradition. No, me and my grandma used to do it. Your grandma. My grandma too, motherfucker. <laughs> she, but we had a special bond about sis. She didn't want to watch it. She did. She just couldn't get away. She said, turn that on. I said, oh, okay. No, she did not. I'll find it for you. I have a picture. I took a picture of you two watching it, and she's disgusted. Because it's disgusting, but it's fascinating. Because you got to nope. feel like, oh, I bet that's such a relief. No. To get that out of your body. And how the hell did it get in there? Like, whoa. How do we get here? I don't like it. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Pimple Take Popper. Me away. Get at me on email. Oh, my Lord. Mystery History Podcast at gmail.com. You do that every time. It's Mystery History Pod. Shit. Yeah, you're bad at that. Who picked Mystery History Pod? That's stupid. Okay. Fucker. <laughs> okay. So, Catherine, 
started her fight for justice in the mid-1930s. America was gripped by the Great Depression, and Catherine and her friends were shunned for suing one of the few firms left standing. Close to death, her case went to court in 1938. Catherine ignored her doctors and instead gave evidence from her deathbed. And I Googled pictures of this. Did you see this? No, I didn't. So it's her. It looks like she's laying on a couch. And there's a legal team surrounding her with all these this paperwork. And she's, like, pointing at stuff. Wow. What a hero. Like, to know that that's the end. But you got to do this one last thing. Right. So um, in doing so, she also had... Um, she finally won justice, and she had the help of her pro bono lawyer, Leonard Grossman. So shout out to Leonard for being pro bono on this because I'm sure these poor women didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And to do a pro bono case on such a large corporation type thing, like right. good, there are good people in the world, and Leonard Grossman is one of them. Uh, the legacy. Why are the Radium Girls so important? The Radium Girls case was the first in which an employee was made or employer I'm sorry was made responsible for the health of the company's employee it led to life-saving regulations that ultimately established OSHA the Occupational Safety and Health Administration which now operates operates nationally in the US to protect workers before OSHA was set up 14,000 people died on the job every year today it is just over 4500 the girls also made a scientific impact Robley D. Evans made the first measurements of exhaled radon and radium excretion from a former dial painter in 1933. At MIT, he gathered dependable body content measurements from 27 dial painters. This information was used in 1941 by the National Bureau of Standards to establish the tolerance level of radium of 0.1. The Center of Human Radiobiology was established at Argonne National Laboratory in 1968. The primary purpose of the center was to provide medical examinations for living dial painters. The project also focused on the collection of information, and in some cases, they took tissue samples from the radium dial painters. When the project ended in 1993, detailed information of 2,403 cases had been collected. Hmm. That's a pretty good amount. Um, This led to a book on the effects of radium on humans, and the book suggests that radium-228 exposure is more harmful to health than exposure to radium-226. Radium-228 is more able to cause cancer of the bone as the shorter half-life of the radon-220 product compared to radon-222, causing the daughter nucleus. Okay, this is going to get messy. The daughter nuclides of radium-228 to deliver a greater dose of alpha radiation to the bones. It also considers the induction of a range of different forms of cancer as a result of the internal exposure to radium and its daughter nuclides. The book uses data from radium dial painters, people who were exposed as a result of the use of radium-containing medical products, and other groups of people who have been exposed. The number of deaths from radium is still unknown. As of 1927, more than 50 of the factory workers had died as a result of exposure. In 1928, Dr. Von Sakaki, <laughs> the inventor of the radium-based paint, died of a plastic anemia resulting from his exposure to the radioactive material. He was a victim of his own creation. 
The last radium girl, May Keen, passed away at 107 in 2014. She quit the job soon after starting because she did not like the taste of radium, and she described it as gritty. <laughs> after just a few days at the factory in 1924, the boss asked her if she would like to quit since she clearly didn't like the work. She gratefully agreed, and she stated, I often wished I had met him after to thank him. I would have. She said, I would have been just like the rest of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, especially... Over the years, seeing all that in the courts play out and stuff like that. So, well, and even if you worked in it a day or two days or whenever, you'd always be worried about, did it get me to? Right. So. I did read, I don't have any notes on it, but I did read that she did have two bouts with cancer, but she survived. Wow. But she didn't get them until she was older, so it could have just been natural causes. Just, yeah, even if she wouldn't have worked there. Right. But it's all... Like I said, I'm still just amazed that this isn't more known. Yeah. There was a movie made about it. I think it was 2017 or something. 2018, like that. 2018. yeah, The Radium Girls. But I never even heard about it coming out until I, I researched this. Me neither. And then I watched a trailer for it, and it looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. It looked pretty good. I'd like to check that out. Um, so we should, should we cite our sources? Yeah, I had, I had a bunch of different ones, actually. Um Um, I had, I went to Buzzfeed, CNN, atomicheritage.org. Oh, fancy. <laughs> Wikipedia and wired.com. I went to timeline, theatlantic.com, WordPress, mental floss, um, and environmentalhistory.com. Mental floss is awesome. It is very awesome. I found a bunch of stuff from the last topic from urban legends about, on metal floss. floss, yeah. I uh, I also use the BuzzFeed um, website, and that's a really good website, too. They give a good overview. There's also, I can't remember the name of it right now. Maybe, Jordy, you could look it up. There's a book out there on the Radium Girls. Um, um, let me see. There's one I read, too, about just all the factory work in the 1920s and about how people got, It was. it's called the Poisoner's Handbook, uh-huh. and it was basically about all the stuff people in the, 1920s were exposed to in factories and stuff like that. And they just had no idea. Yeah. They were just trying to make money. Let's see. Was it... Kate... No. Kate Moore? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there's a bunch of stuff from her, too. Let me see if I can find the title. Uh, let's see here. The Radium just, Girls. Here it goes. I think the Radium Girls, the dark story of the America's Shining Women. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that looks like I I really enjoy reading. I know, Jordan, you don't. <laughs> but uh, but I'd like to check that out. It's on Amazon. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine just trying to get kind of a conclusion. Just all of this is crazy to me. Yeah. So basically they just found a material that glows and they're like, it's magic. So they put in everything. Yeah. And then people were just eating that shit. Licking it. Putting it all over their lips, all their nails. That's, uh I just. You would have to think at some point that that is unnatural and it's probably not good. No. Anything that's good is probably not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. Good for you. <laughs> Anything that tastes good. Is bad for is you. Is bad for you. Hence why I'm fluffy. Uh, the one thing I forgot to mention too is like if you go to the. Graves now, and with a Geiger counter, it still goes off. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because that half-life. Yep. 
the half-life of that stuff is no joke. Josh works for a, um, my husband works for a company that deals with radioactive stuff. And they have to be really careful of the half-life, and it's it's very interesting. That's like I recently watched Chernobyl again on HBO. Oh, yeah. That just radiation is the most terrifying thing I could imagine. Mm-hmm. Because you, it's just cooking you from the inside out. And you have no idea. No. You have no idea until it's too late. Like, it burns <sighs> you up. Yeah. Because I was listening. I can't remember if it was a podcast or I was watching something on YouTube. But they were saying that, like, the firefighter... Um, uniforms that they wore at Chernobyl yeah. are still locked still, up yep. because they're so nobody can get close to them. Yeah. And what do you do with all that crap? Like, on there's a Dark Tourist. Have you ever watched yeah, that show, show on, on Netflix? Netflix? Yeah, that's good. There's something that happened like that in China, and they just put basically like tarps over it. Uh huh. And then nobody's allowed to go near it. That was from uh, there's like a flood, and it caused nobody could get to the reactor, so it just had like a meltdown. Yeah. Um, that would be a good episode. All of the, I think Chernobyl needs its own. Oh yeah, definitely. Because, but then all the other nuclear, like Three Mile Island and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's I, it's still if it's, the, the, it just blows my mind that it can never be turned off. Yeah. Like once you start the reaction, you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's, forever. Ugh. That scares the shit out. Our of Our kids' kids. Ugh. And. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's just, it is crazy. And and then you start thinking about all the other crap too, like landfills and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're just burying trash. Well, think about like batteries. Yeah. yeah. Like battery acid and there's like radioactive materials that get buried in certain spots of landfills. We live near a landfill. Yeah. Like where if you have a refrigerator you need to get rid of, you can <laughs> dump it off for $3 and they'll bury it probably. And that's what I'm drinking, people. I was reading this story about, um, it was in St. Louis, there's like a giant landfill and people are starting to see radiation from the landfill. Like people are starting to get sick or they live around it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, because it seeps it down into the water, the water runs through it, the groundwater, and then it goes into the streams and then it yep. gets into the water supply and it's, it's all messed up. That is crazy. We, talking about, um, we're going to Pennsylvania because that's where our family lives and Whenever you're going down this hill, there's a big water reserve on the right-hand side that has all the drinking water in it. And I always think about, what's that movie? Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Yeah. What if something just falls in there? It is weird that it's all just sitting there. Yeah. There's no cover. Mm-mm. Any, anything could get in there. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we haven't picked a topic for next week. We will do that and put a teaser out there for you guys. So um, we hope you enjoy and we hope you have a good week. <laughs>